stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please 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 stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Praise the Lord. Uh, this is the later in the morning, Frank, <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> no, whatever day it is. Whatever day it is, I have no idea what the day is, but I do know one thing. There's something coming up in September, the last part of September, the 23rd through the 27th. Something happening in that time. Anybody know what's going on? What's going on? Rekindle the flame. Yeah. Oh. Well, what does that mean? Oh, I got a flame in me. I need to have it rekindled. There you go. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. So I encourage you to go online at L-A-T-T-E-R-A-I-N.com. Register. Now, you have my permission to stop watching and go register. Because you can uh, come back and look at it some other time if you want to. Oh, praise the Lord. We are just uh, having a great time in the Word of God. And I've been teaching on the kingdom of God. And in every kingdom, there are certain laws that need to be obeyed. And when you obey the laws, it's not that you're, well, tied up and i got to do this, i got to do that. It, God is saying, if you do it this way, you'll be benefit, you get benefit from it, you'll be blessed abundantly. So do it my way, and you'll find favor upon your life. So we're going to talk about the law of unity. We're going to start looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. That's me. Yes. I, Paul saying, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another, endeavoring to keep the unity 
of the Spirit in the bond of peace, endeavoring to keep the unity. How many of you walk around and say, I'm, I'm endeavoring today? No, I don't say that either. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to make every effort I can to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond. I'm making every effort. I'm very zealous about it. I'm, it also means I am, I am going to make sure that that's going to happen. I'm going to strain everything i got within me to make sure that it happens. I am not going to get out of the unity. I'm going to make sure it happens. So, why? Well, I want to keep the bond of peace. Yeah, I want to keep a, a bond of peace. Uh, the opposite of peace would be strife. So, if I'm keeping the bond of peace, I am staying out of strife. So, I'm going to endeavor to keep the unity so that I can stay out of strife. And we're going to look at different areas in which unity functions. But we got to know, realize that when I am in the bond of peace, I am at rest. I am it's quiet within me. I'm calm. I'm not getting upset. I'm not getting frustrated with little things that happened this morning in the kitchen that I did. I do that. The little things just overwhelm me. <laughs> it's the big things I can handle. <laughs> it's those little irritations of life, like the bottom drawer of the dishwasher just falls out or something, you know. you got to put it back in line. And, and you just can't take it. Just leave the thing and say, what do you do that for? <laughs> but uh, got you got to have calmness. And, and it's, it also means perfect well-being. Perfect well-being. Anybody like to have that? Perfect well-being at all times. Hallelujah. So there are four areas in which unity should exist, and one of them is definitely sure. De definitely there's going to be unity in one of these areas. And the first area is God. <laughs> Don't you think there's unity in God? Yes, there is. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Get over there, that first book. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. <laughs> what are you? Hallelujah. Okay, in Genesis 1, chapter 26, and God said, Let us, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. See, God the Father said, I'm going to make man. No, he didn't say that. He said, let us. Who's us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In unity, making man. Unity was in creation, creating everything. God did what? God the Father would speak the Word. Who is the Word? Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was hovering, waiting for that Word. And He would take that Word and create. So they were working in unity together. Hallelujah. Also, that unity uh, can bring judgment. Mm. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. 
And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. See, they they ate of the tree that they should not have eaten of. They disobeyed God, and they were judged because of it. So listen, I don't want them to know good and evil forever. I, 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 if they eat that tree of life, they're going to know it forever. And But I'm going to cast them out of this garden. I wanted them to be there. I'm, I'm going to throw them out right now. The unity, they they did it all together. They created them, and they all together brought judgment upon them when they did something wrong. So God works in unity. He always functions in unity. You guarantee he that's for sure. The problem is is the other three areas. Uh, <laughs> I it between individuals. Uh, uh, I believe Cindy might have something like uh, Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Between individuals. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. So if two can come together and, and agree and be in unity in asking and, and not... Not uh, trying to dissolve, dissolve not I, I want my way, and I no, we're going to, we're going to agree together, and God can do something. God can do something. You see, when God is in unity and functioning the people through unity, then creativity can take place. And that's what happened in creation, didn't it? Power can take place. So there must be unity. You see, in everything that we've been talking about as far as the laws of the kingdom of God, everything has to function in unity, in unity within the kingdom. There has to be unity for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It has to take place. So individuals, and Jesus said, well, if I can only find two, <laughs> that's all. He was just, uh, just two, two or two agree. You know, I think Jesus knows us. Kind of hard to have maybe had three or four, you know. But if I could just find two on the same wavelength that I'm on, and I'm thinking like I'm thinking, and agree, then I can do something. I can cause something to happen. So I'm encouraging you, and as individuals, to find somebody that, uh, you know, I, I have someone right now that we just on the same wavelength. Um. Yeah, that's my wife, but the other people too. And if somebody, I, I believe I could get with this person and we would be totally in agreement on what God needs to do. And that's what I found out about this person. I, I don't, uh, they're not living close by, but I certainly would go to them because I can agree with them and, and God can get something done. I believe I could call this person up on the phone and we could agree over the phone. You might find somebody like that. I would encourage you to do that, to have unity between you and somebody else. And that will get things accomplished within your life or within whatever you're praying for. 
might be your family, it might be your community, it might be just nations. You know, yeah, find somebody in agreement. Hallelujah. Well, well, that's t- uh, two areas. The third area is the church. Mm. Oh, here comes a hard one here. <laughs> Boy. Well, it started off pretty good because Acts chapter 1, we're going to go back there with uh, with uh, wisdom teeth man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Acts 1.14. This was after Jesus had left. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. All with one accord. This is 120 of them. Can you get 120 all together in, in a church? Huh? A Honda? One accord? Now, that's my... That's my that's what I function in. I take a word, and I take a word and go with it. Betty, you've been hanging around me too long now. <laughs> I will take a word and snap right through it. Those of you no, it's not a Honda. Betty they're not, they're not a all Honda in one accord, accord within a Honda. <laughs> they can't, 120 people cannot fit in a Honda. <laughs> anyway, they were, they were all in one accord. But they were, they were praying, and they prayed for 10 days. They prayed and prayed and prayed. They didn't know what to do, but they did know something. They knew that they wanted to get together and pray and be in one accord. So then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 took place. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. All with one accord in one place. And you know what took place? The Holy Spirit fell upon them, baptized them in the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. See, that's what can take place. The power of God can come forth when people are in unity, when people are working in unity. And see, this was the beginning of the church. Yeah, this was the beginning of the church. That's exciting. And, and when people are in unity, then you can begin to do ministry. Yeah, Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon and Lucius and Menaean, which had, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. See, they were, they were together fasting and praying, seeking the Lord as to what needed to be done, and uh, God said, listen, I've got two missionaries here I want to send out. i got two people that I want to send out in mission. And uh, they're Barnabas and Saul, and I want them to be able to go out and be able to spread the gospel wherever they go. I want them... I, when you're in unity, you can hear from God. <laughs> yeah, when you're in disunity, it's going to cloud the way to be able to hear anything, much less from God. But they were in unity... They heard from God, and they said, I want these to be sent out, these to be in ministry. Now, I'm going to turn over to um, Genesis chapter 11. Unity in a church can also bring trouble. Yeah, it can. 
depends on what kind of unity there is. <laughs> Genesis chapter 11. And I'm going to read starting with verse 3. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly, that they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see a city and a tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. And they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us, capital U, go down and therefore confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. That can take place in a church where they get you get everything going. I'm, we, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to build. This is how we're going to do ministry. This is what we're going to accomplish. This is what we're going to take place. This is what's going to take place in worship. We're going to build this. We're going to have this and all of this. And they're in unity but not in unity of the Spirit. And it gets lost in the midst of all that. That is taking place in the church today. Let us have this happen in the church. Let us do this. Let us get this accomplished. Let us have, we want this. We got to have this. And it's taking place in the church today. So unity is good when we're all seeking the Lord as to what He wants done. But unity is bad within the church when we let us do it. We can do it. We've got to think that we know how to do it. We can get it accomplished. So be aware. Unity can be destructive if it's out for yourself. But if you're out for God, it produces what God wants. Well, that's uh, three areas, God, between individuals, and within the church. Now, last but not least, within a person. <laughs> yeah, must be unity within you. You've got to have unity. I'm going to turn over to James chapter 1. I can get there because I still got my Holy Spirit paper clips. James chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Can't. You cannot be in unity within yourself. Oh, yeah, I believe God. I, I, I believe this can take place. But what if this possibly... There were no buts and no ifs with God in believing what He says. 
Unity within yourself. You must have unity within you. You cannot be double-minded. No doubts whatsoever. I'm uh, studying something right now that uh, we all have faith. Everybody in here has faith. The problem is there's something that's trying to attack that faith. It's called unbelief. I got faith. I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this. And all of a sudden, unbelief happens. You remember the man that uh, said to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. Because see, unbelief just destroys the faith that you have. You cannot have both of them working. It won't work. It must be all in faith or nothing. Got to have complete confidence that what God says He will do. Nothing else. Cannot doubt. No doubts must enter into the picture. A double-minded man won't receive anything from God. So there must be unity. Must be unity there totally. And uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Yes. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> oh, I thought I was in this for the money. <laughs> I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> You cannot serve God and try to serve the world at the same time. It won't work. It's going to cloud the issue. It's going to cause you to not function as God wants you to be. There was a sort of an example of that in Luke chapter 10, uh, starting with verse 38. Uh, Mary and Martha. Hmm. Yeah, Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I heard people getting there, so we got it. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. Jesus went into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she said to her sister, called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his. She also had a sister called Mary, and sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. Uh, She might have said a little sterner than that. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So what did Mary choose? She chose Jesus first. Martha was so concerned. Uh, listen, I got to get this cooking done. I've got to get all these. I got to feed uh, Jesus. I got to get this taken care of here, and I got to. You know, I'm a, I'm a good cook, and, and I want people to recognize the fact that I'm feeding Jesus. No, well, that's what I, my interpretation is. She was more concerned about the physical food to go into Jesus rather than receiving the spiritual food that he had. 
So, you can't serve two masters. You can't do that. You've got to put Jesus first. Jesus comes first over and above everything else. You remember what Jesus said? If you don't hate father, mother, sister, brother, uh, that's in other words, if you, do, if you love them more than you love me, you can't be my disciple. You can't put family over and above Jesus. You put Jesus first. Then everything else is taken care of. The family will be taken care of. The finances will be taken care of. Your health will be taken care of. Everything is taken care of. But you've got to have Jesus first. That's where we've got to be within ourselves. To be totally Jesus-minded to where the world won't affect me. The world won't enter in to me putting Jesus first. When I do that, He takes care of the things I need in this world. He always has. Never has failed. Never will fail. I don't know. I I may have messed it up, but He never does. So I encourage you. There must be unity within individuals. There's already unity within God. There must be unity within the church for it to function in the power and creativity that God intended it to be. There must be unity within yourself to where God can function within you and there's no distraction, none whatsoever. He can get His will accomplished in and through you for His glory. Well, let me turn over to John chapter 17. At the end of Jesus' days, Jesus prayed this prayer. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. Jesus said, I do not pray for these alone, but for those, of, for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may... Be all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and that the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. How is the world going to know that Jesus is here? If we are in unity. And unity within ourselves, we unity with our Father, with, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. In unity. That's how the world's going to know. Why? Because the world's in disunity. <laughs> and they need to see unity taking place in you. Then they'll see Jesus. Then they'll see Jesus. Then they will see Jesus. Last but not least, I'm going to turn in with this. Song 133. Yeah, everybody can quote this one, I'm sure. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Hmm. How good and pleasant it is. What? what? What's that unit going to be like? It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard of, 
running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments, the sweet-smelling aroma of God. Mm. And people are in unity. Smells good. You think there's unity in the country today? Smells awful, doesn't it? Yeah, stinks. But the unity within the body of Christ smells good. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. It's like a refreshing mountain dew. I'm not talking about the drink either. <laughs> it's like a refreshing, just to, up in the mountains, it's just to, the dew on the mountainside is just so calming and so refreshing. That's what unity is. Remember now what we started off with, endeavoring to keep the unity in the bond of peace. So that's our job. We got to endeavor to keep it, to keep it, whatever the cost is. We got to endeavor to keep the unity, so that there may be peace within us, within people, within the nation, within the world. We, it's our responsibility as Christians today. So let me pray for you, Father. I pray for the unity of the Spirit to be upon us all that we may function in that unity and that people will smell the glorious presence of you in our lives and on our lives, that they may see a difference, that they may be refreshed and come to Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In Jesus' name, amen.